hear us through your AirPods or see us on your laptop, how about meeting us in real life? Because we're taking Queer Money on the road this summer and fall. Visit QueerMoneyPodcast.com forward slash tour or the link in your podcast player to find out when we'll be in your neighborhood. Wouldn't you love to feel more capable, confident, and in control with your money? That's the definition of financial well-being, right? As part of our ongoing series with Capital One on financial well-being, we're joined by Corona Vital, Head of Community Impact and Investment at Capital One, to share an exciting new collaboration between Capital One and Khan Academy that will help you feel much more confident, capable with your money, all for free. You're listening to Queer Money, episode 444, and today we're sharing free tools and resources to improve your financial confidence. Let's get on with the show. You're listening to the Queer Money Podcast, personal finance with a rainbow twist. Queer Money is dedicated to financial independence, financial well-being, investing knowledge, and the intersection of all things money as an LGBTQ person. Queer Money is made possible by Capital One. Capital One believes that financial well-being includes your mental, physical, and financial health. Check out CapitalOne.com today. Welcome, Corone, to the Queer Money Podcast. We're looking forward to a very meaty and exciting discussion. Uh, John, David, it's so great to be here with both of you. Thank you. You're so kind. So can you? why is Capital One partnering with the Khan Academy? And what is this project? Can you give us a little bit of insight on that? Yes. You know, Capital One has been on a mission since our founding days to really democratize credit. And like, what does that mean? We wanted to make sure that financial services products were broadly available to Americans, across the, the the spectrum of sort of, you know, life experiences. So whether you're just starting out, you're an immigrant to the country, you're a student, or you're somebody who is older, more seasoned in your career, navigating, you know, issues of inheritance and investment and things like that. So that's our founding story. And we announced our impact initiative in 2020. And the centerpiece of that, which has captivated my imagination, was really around ways that we could partner with innovators and, you know, elected officials, et cetera, to help Americans to thrive. And so when when we take a step back and we think about, well, what does it mean to thrive? You know, it's this sense of just peace of mind, feeling confident, feeling secure. And so we very quickly honed in on this idea that financial literacy was a critical component to achieving that mission. You look at Khan Academy, they're a not-for-profit organization, and their mission is to provide free access to education to everyone everywhere. Sal Khan and his team uh, have become a household name. I know my two teenagers have used their content to get them through tough moments in math and science. But what we quickly realized is while math and science are important topics, If you graduate into adulthood and you don't understand the basics of what kind of insurance do you get, you know, if you're lucky enough to get a first car or when you leave home, where you, where will you live? What kind of rent should you think about paying? How do you save, you know, how do you avoid incurring high interest rate credit card debt? That was really going to be a problem. And so this partnership with Khan leveraging their deep experience in delivering difficult, complex content to learners of all ages in bite-sized chunks, but wrapped around this idea of financial literacy really felt like the winning solution. And so we're thrilled to partner with them. We love the ethos of that organization. 
And at Capital One, we very much are centered on helping Americans to feel capable, confident, and in control of their finances, and ultimately to have peace of mind. Awesome. That seems like a very symbiotic relationship. And those are the very reasons why we continue to partner with Capital One ourselves, because you are really doing the authentic work to try to connect with all different communities, all different demographics, people at all different life stages, to give them the personal financial literacy and education and support that they need. Yeah. It also ties in really well with the theme that we have continued to talk about with Capital One is this whole idea of financial wellness, right? Financial wellness means different things to different people, depending on where you're at in your life. So meeting people where they're at and what they need is the way to deliver that kind of financial wellness through education. Yes. And it's so it's such an interesting topic that we have debated quite a bit in our own company and with you know, colleagues across the industry. What does it mean? What does financial wellness really mean? And for us, it's really the ability to have freedom of choice and flexibility. You know, we want to make sure that we're not over indexing on wealth creation, you know, and that's not the thing that everyone is shooting for, but certainly to know that you have flexibility in your own life, that you have security in your own life. Those are concepts that we think are really important. And we connect it to this idea as well, you know, with with sort of peace of mind. That notion is critically important. Yeah. Absolutely. So and, what, one of the aspects of that is if financial wellness and, and not having financial stress is having something saved up, right? We need to have some sort of resources, especially when we need to turn to them. So Capital One is doing a big push for National Savings Day again this year, which is October 12th. Why is that an important thing for Capital One to again push in alignment with this whole idea of, of financial wellness and financial education? Yeah, uh, we're so excited uh, to have been the champions behind National Savings Day because we think it's really important that folks are able to build up and have a little bit of a cushion. By the way, there's great research that shows that people who engage in quality financial literacy education are actually twice as likely to save as folks who don't. And this is if you normalize for all other factors and conditions in terms of pay, et cetera. That's a big, that's a really big number. And so these two things uh, absolutely go hand in hand. I'll just share you know, a very quick personal anecdote with you, but I've spent my entire career in financial services. I've worked for some of the biggest names in the industry. And there was a period in my life where my husband and I just bought a house. We had one child and one on the, on the way. And we'd used a lot of our cash reserves to put into you know, fixing up this very old 100 plus year home. And it just came at a very bad time. And we really did not have cash. We weren't sure how we were going to buy groceries. We weren't sure that we were going to be able to pay the mortgage. I mean, I'm not I'm not making this up. This is all very real. And it pushed me, it pushed us to look at our expenses, to look at places where we really needed to you know, figure out how we could try to set some money aside to get us into a better position. And so you know, I became the coupon queen. You know, I wish Capital One shopping existed then so I could get discounts on all the things I had to buy for the kids. But I got my budget down to $2.10 a day for the family, wow. you know? And so what that experience taught me 
And I never want to go back to that place again. It was a tough place. But what that experience taught me is that it's critically important to focus on that expense side of the budget. You know, there are times where you have to make really difficult trade-offs. In that period where there are days when I thought, man, I'd love another snack or another meal. Yes, but couldn't afford it. And so, you know, I just say all this to say that we all have an opportunity to think about what we're spending money on, where we're spending money. And that ability to save money for a rainy day is very important. You know, if you have a pet, your pet could have an emergency medical issue or someone in your family could. And so we just, we never know what's going to happen on, you know, life is pretty unexpected and having that cushion is really important. Absolutely. Yeah. I'll I'll share that when we, saved our first 500 and then our first thousand. And then ultimately our first three to six months worth of living expenses. That was almost as freeing and inspiring and exciting as it was to finally pay off all of our debt. Because we knew that there was, if anything did happen, whether the dog got sick or we got sick or whatever, we lost a job, whatever the case may be, that there was this sort of reserve of there that could help get us by for several months. And then during the pandemic, having that cash reserve it is one of the few reasons that that, that we were able to survive. <laughs> you know, just having that that, we could, that lifeline that we could rely on because all of a sudden we lost all these sources of income and we were able to tap into something and, and keep our personal lives afloat and also keep our business afloat. Yeah. There's nothing that upends your life more than the panicked feeling of, you know, will I be able to make ends meet? <laughs> it is an incredible stress creator you know, and it just seeps into every aspect of your life. So I, I celebrate you both. I remember the day that I got there myself. It did take me a long time. You know, I was in my thirties when I got there, but that is a really, really gratifying feeling. Yeah. It it can take a long time to get there and there's no like right age to reach that point. So don't put that added stress on yourself, but know that as the goal. And when you get there, it is so liberating, kind of hard to articulate how exciting and, and, and freeing that can be. Isn't it a little bit like going to the gym, you know, when you're like (laughs) doing a a hardcore boot camp, right? You're like, I'm going to transform my body. I want to be stronger. And you have all those days where you're tired and you don't want to go or you work out so hard, you feel like you're going to be sick. And then one day you realize that you have this level of strength that you, it's sort of like that, you know, it certainly comes with sacrifice. That's for sure. Absolutely. Absolutely. So while we're on the topic, what are some things that people can do to feel more confident, capable and control of their money? You know, I think that leveraging this course, which by the way, is available right now, the team at Khan started rolling it out this summer to coincide with back to school. You can, you can log on to the course, you know, I say, get your phone, get your tablet, get your computer. The address is capitalone.com forward slash con. You know, I think start engaging in, in the course. One of the things that I love is not only is it available online and completely free, but learners of all ages have an opportunity to access the content on demand. I remember when my nephew Kimani came home with his first paycheck, he was so pumped up because he was in a sales job. He'd worked really hard, but about 30% of that went to taxes, which just, you know, knocked the wind out of his hand. (laughs) Yeah, right, right. We remember that. So 
you know, if you want to learn simple things like how to read your paycheck and your pay statement, that's there, different types of bank accounts, types of credit cards, et cetera. But you can also, you know, take the course in in series. You can watch the videos that Sal has produced. He's become a household name. There are exercises that go along with this course as well. And there are also tools uh, for folks like teachers who are helping to get this content into classrooms across the the country. And the good news is that as you do the exercises, work through the examples, you'll get to a point where you really, you know, sort of develop mastery of the content. And ultimately what we hope, you know, will happen is that more Americans are saving more money. And when you, you know, improving their credit scores, when you go to apply for a credit card, you're actually eligible for a credit card that has a lower interest rate. Mm -hmm. That's really the ultimate goal. Nice. It does seem kind of counterintuitive for a company that makes a chunk of money. A lot of the revenue comes from interest rates, right? But obviously having knowledgeable, experienced customers really helps a business then work smoothly as well, right? And that's, I think that's, that's the point here is we asked that question earlier. It seems counterintuitive that Capital One would, would be promoting something like this because most banks don't do financial education like this, but you want customers that actually are well-versed at what they're doing or are able to get the information to understand why they want to do these things. Mm -hmm. You know, someone asked me this question earlier today, and I think you hit the nail on the head. We're still a founder-led company. And, you know, when Rich Fairbank founded this company, he really wanted to, you know, provide financial services and banking products to all Americans in a way that was accessible and affordable. And we've come to realize that when our customers thrive, we thrive as a company you know, it is not in our interest for customers to get into credit card debt and to not be able to pay those loans. Those are direct losses to Capital One. So the health of our, we've, we've, our incentives are aligned. And, you know, I'm really proud of some of the work that, that folks across the company have done. At the end of last year, we announced that we were eliminating overdraft fees. Like, no kidding. You know, no fee at all for, for going overdraft or having insufficient funds in your bank account. And that's meaningful because, you know, A, trying to recover to pay the bill that you should have paid but didn't have the funds to pay plus a fee on top of that can be really tough for a lot of Americans. But in addition to that, if you're not able to pay that fee off, it can have real consequences for your ability to open another bank account. And so, you know, we thought about that whole ecosystem and we really wanted to make sure that we were positioning our customers to thrive. And it's one of the reasons that I honest to goodness, I'm, I'm so incredibly proud to work here is because we continue to think about ways to make our customers' lives easier and to be the, you know, that bank that is there and is available in our customers' lives. Absolutely. And I, I want to make sure we didn't we don't gloss over a point that you made a little bit earlier, sort of in line with what you just said, but you alluded that teachers are able to access this financial literacy program to use with their students. Can you talk more about that? Because I think more personal financial education in grade school, high school, college is like one of those few topics that I, it's almost like the whole country can agree on. <laughs> the fact that you're providing a resource for teachers from all over the country to be able to use, I want to make sure that we don't gloss over that. Yes. It's been wonderful to see. I mean, I think for decades, we've been talking about the need to ready 
students and the next generation for adult life. So it's been really wonderful to see that state legislatures now are incorporating a requirement for middle and high school students to get financial literacy education. I think there are 22 states in the country now who have this requirement. And so the con team has built this course so that it you know does align or will align to to state requirements teachers are able to go in free of cost to assign you know courses to students to complete you know they're able to go in and actually work through examples and pieces of the content with students in the classroom etc and so i think that creating this ecosystem of students learning on their own, learning together, learning with teachers, and doing it in a way where the burden isn't on the teacher to be the expert, but where the con team has done all of the hard work, you know, in figuring out what are all the topics we need to cover, what are the different nuances. And they did that independently, by the way, you know, Capital One was not in there, you know, designing the curriculum. It was really important to us that they that they go away and do that. And we just love the fact that teachers have these tools and these resources and are able to very easily and readily guide students through the course. There is an evaluation element. So you can test yourself. You can see how well you're doing. You will get feedback from the platform on what parts of the course you have real command and knowledge of and which are the pieces that you need to brush up on. And our hope is that eventually you get to a point where you've mastered the curriculum and you you have that mastery score. Nice. So those of you who are teachers or you know somebody who is a teacher, please let them know about this resource because this is like a win-win-win sort of situation, right? Not only can the teacher use this to help their students prepare to live an abundant life, but no doubt some teachers could benefit from this education themselves. So they're they're learning while they're teaching. <laughs> I'd also add, I think that this is a great resource for parents. We know that more and more LGBTQ people are planning families. And if you live in a state where you're school system doesn't provide this kind of information or education, this is a free resource for you to use to help teach your kids the basics of money. And as you point out, John, maybe teach yourself first and then teach your kids <laughs> uh, yeah. if that's the if that's needed. David, that's such a good point. It's probably even more important in states where there where this isn't a requirement to have the course available for free to all learners. Nice. I, I want to come back to that. But before we do, I'm curious, what's being done or how is how is this program reaching students that are from more historically marginalized communities? Yes. So one of the things that I'm really excited about is this critical piece of, you know, this content being able to deploy, be deployed through schools. There is an equity component to this, right? Which is, you know, where there's lack of awareness that the course exists or if folks don't have internet access, which hopefully we're solving that problem through schools and through public libraries, et cetera. Having more and more school districts adopt this requirement for, for students to learn this in schools, we think is really important. But again, part of the reason that we're, we're doing having this conversation and we're getting out to all media outlets is that we want to generate just public awareness that this course exists. We want to get people into their local library or on their devices logging in, you know, from wherever they live uh, and go to school to access the curriculum, because we know that there are these gaps in, in just awareness and accessibility generally. Yeah. I'm thinking of, you know, we just uh, published this week, the week that we're recording this, we just published our Gay Cities series for the state of Mississippi. And it, it was just, just so surprising to me, the financial aspects of of the cities there 
the low income, the low housing costs, the low, you know, everything is just so depressed in this, in the state of Mississippi. And this to me seems like a perfect fit for a state like that, where there, I think they continually show up at like number 50 or number 49 or 48 for funding per student when it comes to education. So having a, a teacher's having a free resource to use with their students, not only helps the teachers, but it potentially gives these kids I've heard so many examples of kids, especially kids who are immigrants or come from impoverished families of taking education from school and going back into the household and teaching it. And this is a perfect thing that they can do as well, right? They learn this at school. They learn these tools at school. They can take it back to mom and dad who may not have had this kind of education because they came from a school district that didn't provide this kind of education. That's the great thing about this, how it's free for everyone to use, not just for students and teachers. Oh my gosh. And we're really hoping that this becomes a moment because you touched on the thing that gets me so excited, which is that this will become a centerpiece of the conversation, you know, at home when people are getting together with their friends. Hey, I got my first paycheck. How much money are you saving? You know, we have this reluctance to talk openly about money. You know, it's considered very rude, very gauche. And I have to say in my own life and in my own career, I've learned so much by talking to others about money. And you know, I've come to realize, by the way, that the issue of financial literacy is not a problem only for folks who make below a certain wage level. It's a problem across the whole income spectrum, right? There's no correlation between financial literacy and income. And so it's just really important that we're out there talking to each other, asking questions, sharing, you know, tidbits and 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 best practices, you know, to really help to improve our financial security. I love that. I love that. So you mentioned earlier that you're training Capital One Associates on the Khan Academy of Financial Education or Financial Literacy Program. We're huge fans of Capital One's Money in Life Program. So we've we've taken it ourselves and we've suggested that other people, our listeners and viewers take it as well. How do you see these two programs fitting together? It seems like there's a lot of complementary aspects to the two. Yes. You know, and we're still, this partnership that we have with Khan Academy is actually a multi-year partnership. And so we're just in year one. We have so many great ideas for ways that we will integrate this content into the Capital One ecosystem. So whether it's for our own associates or ways that we can actually serve up portions of this content for our customers in what we like to call moments that matter, right? So Money in Life, for those of you who don't know, Money in Life is a free resource available to anyone. You don't have to be a Capital One customer to take advantage of it. And so as John and David said, there are a few different components to the course. One is you're able to sign up for, I think it's three, three one-on-one sessions with a money and life coach. You're also able to participate in group conversations. So you can bring a partner with you into a Capital One branch or cafe or join our virtual sessions to continue. And so we really see a synergy between that money and life offering and these courses that are being offered by Khan Academy. If there's a particular topic you want to research, you can certainly go into the Khan platform and do that. You know, as you sort of build a baseline level of financial education literacy, 
we'd invite people to then come over to the Money and Life platform to evaluate spending habits, which is one of the best things that the Money and Life platform does. You can actually lay out all of your expenses and you can see where is your money going and what does that look like over time? And that's the place where we think there's really an opportunity to then you know, change habits or form new habits that put an emphasis on you know, how we can minimize expenses, set aside more money for savings, but also has this ecosystem of one-on-one sessions and group sessions where you know you can talk to others about your experience and what you're going through, get helpful hints and tips from other folks on the same journey. Absolutely. I think one of the things that uh, John and I love about the program, you, you mentioned this, is being able to bring your spouse or partner in and have a conversation in a quote-unquote neutral setting, right? So you can, you can each air your opinions, or I don't want to say air your grievances, because that's probably not the way you want to do that. But you can share with someone as a neutral third party, what is going on in your relationship? We know this is a common question we get from folks. How do I get on the same page with my partner when it comes to finances? Pairing these two together, one, getting the foundation of understanding and two, here's the tactical way to do this is a great way to do that. If you're looking to bring your partner along on the ride to getting to financial security. That's where so much of the stress and anxiety and tension in relationships starts to build up. So, you know, to the extent that folks can go on that journey together and have that safe space, as you mentioned, David, I think that's, that's really important. Yeah. It was interesting when we took the money in life program, probably about three years into after we started Debt Free Guys and about two years after we started the Queer Money podcast. So you would think like we would have all of this fleshed out. Like we just knew everything. There was no confusion. We, we knew what, you know, everything about each other. And we sat down to do the Money Life program. And we're like, well, I didn't know that. I didn't know that either. You never told me that before. <laughs> we're like, how are we pros at this point? We don't know this stuff about our own personal lives. <laughs> yes. It's so funny, right? Before you move in together, a lot of people will talk about bathroom habits and you know, various <laughs> things like that. But what we don't talk about is, oh, are we going to combine all our money into one account? Will we have individual accounts and joint accounts? What is the threshold at which, you know, one of us can go spend money on something and not have to like, talk about it with the other person. These are really important considerations. Absolutely. We always say the first step to financial success is talking about money. That's that's the first step. Yes. Now you might have to go and do homework and, and read and learn about it. But the first step is, is having that conversation. So that's why, that's why we're excited to, to, that we covered this topic today. So where can our listeners and viewers sign up for the Khan Academy if this intrigues them or they know somebody who would be great for? Yes. It is readily available online today. So grab your phone, grab your tablet or computer. It's capitalone.com forward slash con. Again, that's capitalone.com forward slash con. A-H-A-N. Yep. We'll definitely link to that in the Queer Money newsletter, folks. So you'll get that information if you're signed up. Make yep, sure you're signed Absolutely. Up. And then how can our audiences connect with Capital One if they want to connect to Capital One, open, open an account, what have you? Uh, CapitalOne.com. You know, I'm really proud of the advances that we've made in the last 10 years or so to really expand the digital presence of our platform. I have to say, I have a Capital One account. It's very easy to go into CapitalOne.com, click open a bank account. You're asked if you 
questions um, before uh, you get all the way through the process. Sometimes you have to provide additional documentation, but relatively easy to do. And so many of our products are available online if you want to peruse and, and explore a bit further, whether it's the range of credit card products or savings tools. I recently opened a certificate of deposit for my 13-year-old and my 16-year-old. Uh, they had no idea what CDs were. They thought, oh, is that that thing from the 80s and 90s that, that you played music on? And they're often like logging in on the app to see how their money is growing. So CapitalOne.com. Nice. Yeah, we just had a great interview uh, last month with with Jason Tardick of The Bachelorette about Capital One CDs. And we got a lot of great po positive feedback about that, especially because people didn't know how great the rates were right now. <laughs> so, you know, on the flip side of rates being high, you can you know get a little bit more interest on your CDs. <laughs> yeah. As a matter of fact, folks, it was interesting. We actually had somebody reach out to us on Spotify commenting on that particular episode saying that they love this idea of how you could build a CD ladder and optimize when they expire, when you renew them, and along with how to do that with interest rates. So if you haven't listened to that episode, go back and check it out. Yeah. I mean, and it sounds complicated and uber sophisticated, but actually is relatively easy to do. And I will out myself, you know, I will say that my financial advisor is often chasing me because I just have my head down. I'm so busy at work. I have two children, you know, and a family to take care of. And so he's often saying, dear Corone, you know, you need to make some different decisions about your money. This is not a good time to be invested in the stock market or, or you know, whatever else it might be. And it was really wonderful. This was my first CD was the one that I, that I, well, that I started for myself with Capital One. And I laddered a few into each other. And I said, oh, I should do this for the kids so that they can learn to do it as well. And now my 13-year-old in particular is obsessed. Every day as he's walking from the bus from school, he's in there checking to see how his money's growing. Like, it doesn't work like that. Once a month, they're going to put the interest in your account. But he's logging on every day just in case there's there's an extra bonus there. Yeah, but he has that hook now. And so yeah. now he's going to be, he's going to educate himself to figure out how all this stuff works. And this is just the, the first step into that. I hope, you know, my parents really did a good job of taking their mickles and making it into something bigger that, you know, we say in Jamaica, every mickle makes a muckle. <laughs> but, you know, I would say that I wasn't tapped into that. You know, I grew up in that household, but I, you know, I learned some good habits around how not to overspend. But I was pretty uneducated, you know, as a as a younger person. And so, you know, I remember my first credit card that I got in college. I worked like four jobs at school, but, you know, I would be at the mall every weekend, you know, <laughs> buying things. And I quickly learned, oh, this is real money. I have to pay this <laughs> yeah. back. And so we cannot do that. And so I put I put myself on a mall ban. <laughs> um, but yes, you know, over time, very, very slowly, I figured it out. And so it's my hope for my two teenagers that I can help to accelerate their financial education journey, which is why I love the work that you both are doing. Awesome. Thank you. Well, thank you so much. It's been such a pleasure having you. And again, we want to thank Capital One for continuing to, to sponsor the Crib Money Podcast. Without Capital One, we would not still be here. All that being said, Corona, is there anything else you want to leave our audiences with? I would just say that you know this this issue of money is a really complicated one. You know, I talked to a lot of young folks today who are saying things like, "Oh, I'm not sure I'll ever be able to get married," or "I don't think I can afford children." 
And, you know, there's a real worry about sort of what the future holds and their ability to navigate that future as adults. And so the message I'd leave everyone with is just a message of hope. It really is doable. And I, you know, have been in a situation where I was down and out and I wasn't sure how my family was going to get through this really difficult, you know, personal financial crisis, but we made it. You know, we educated ourselves. We made some really tough sacrifices. You know, I navigated into different jobs over time to to increase my income. There is a path. And the more that we talk about it, which is something that you all say often, is the more conversant that we'll get, the more informed we'll be, the better decisions that we'll make. And there's something really powerful about us doing this as a community, you know, folks all across the country having this conversation that gets me really excited. And so I hope that we start a movement. I hope that we start the conversation and we keep it going. I hope we talk about money. I hope we talk about savings. I hope we talk about the moments where we're in trouble or are not sure what to do, how to navigate out of a situation. Because there's so many programs out there, by the way, you know, when things go wrong to help you to navigate. And so I I, I just leave on a note of hope. I'm I'm incredibly excited about where the conversation's going in the country, thanks to folks like you. And I'm thrilled to be a part of the launch of this Khan Academy Financial Literacy course. Again, it's capitalone.com slash Khan. Some very inspiring words and timely words of wisdom. Thank you very much. Thank you both. Make sure to check out more ways that Capital One can help you achieve financial well-being at capitalone.com. That's capitalone.com. Thank you, Corone and Capital One for another great interview and a great ongoing partnership with the Queer Money Podcast. Thank you, our listeners and viewers for listening to another episode. Don't forget to subscribe to the Queer Money newsletter in your podcast player or in the YouTube description below to get this week's Queer Money takeaway. Also, how you can connect with Capital One and its new program in partnership with Khan Academy and your tip for reaching financial independence faster. Then join us this Thursday when we share the most affordable LGBTQ plus friendly city to live in Maryland. And then next Tuesday, when we talk with Carrie Shuffman of UBS about interesting new data on women as primary breadwinners and the differences between those in same sex relationships and those in opposite sex relationships. Thank you and have an amazing week. From Los Angeles, California to Winooski, Vermont, we're taking queer money on the road. Join us as we gamify personal finance with Queer Money Bingo or catch our signature Live Fabulously, Not Fabulously Broke Talk and so much more in between. Check out QueerMoneyPodcast.com forward slash tour or the link in your podcast player regularly for date and location updates.